Look, we go to that party. You look Lena in the eyes and tell her exactly what you wanted to tell her your entire life. Ah! Let's go! Andrew here? You guys cops? I have friends, Mom. Why don't you believe me? Probably because your tendency towards violence got us banned from the church. I'll bury you behind a jiffy lube and my friends are gonna help me. We will not be doing that. <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Brian Brushwood, and that was uh, from a Hulu original, right, Bryce? Yeah, that's a new parody. F- I-, I called it a parody film because it's definitely a conceptual parody of The Purge. It's called The Binge. Yeah. And the idea is that in a world where the United States is sober, except for 12 hours once a year, <laughs> uh, a bunch of 18-year-olds try to go to the biggest the big party where the there actually is alcohol and drugs and stuff uh (laughs) that uh uh, so i i I, wow you really call me about whether or not it's a parody or not like it definitely i would say it definitely is although in the broadest sense it certainly is right yeah right i mean it's called the binge right like even right instead of the purge yeah Yeah. purge so Uh, so that is a film coming to hulu august 28th Oh, uh, it looks fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, fun is the word I would use. Fun for is that. the right word. Uh, fun is also the word I would use for this show. If you're listening to it, uh, which most of you are later, uh, you might notice that we either sound a little chipper or bleary-eyed because it's morning. <laughs> we're recording the show <laughs> there, earlier. There is. I was wondering, like, like if we're going to be, be sharper and more focused uh, because this this is the one. I think this is the first time we've ever done the show as the first item on the day because the show is kind of loose because it's the last item after a heavy yeah. podcast day for both of us. It's like the end of the road for Brian and I on a, on a, on a, on a heavy, on a big heavy Monday. day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so today it's, it's the, it's the kickoff. And uh, as always, we start with the primary target. Woo. We, uh, DC fandom over the weekend. Uh, no dome. Uh, lots of fans uh, online only and announced a whole lot of details about a lot of things to watch. So let's pop right through them, starting with the one that the fanboys love the most, the Snyder Cut. I almost said Spider Cut. Uh, There is no spider. Snyder Cut of Justice League got a trailer. Uh, Snyder has said before that he won't use any footage from the Whedon reshoots of Justice League, only the stuff that he was over uh, when he shot it. It will also include scenes not included in the original film that Whedon cut. Uh, The teaser has many of those new scenes in it. Uh, not full scenes, it's, you know, it's very short stuff, but stuff that you're like, wait, that wasn't in Justice League. Uh, the entire thing is set to Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. No date yet for when it will drop, but they will be airing it on HBO Max in four hour long episodes. So uh, four, four one hour, hour long, long episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited because I'm going to go in totally blind and I'm not going to read any reviews or anything because I... Uh, when when the movie came out, it was like you know, the moment I caught a whiff of it's bad. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll save myself the time. But ah. but uh, and and normally, the moment anyone says anything bad about anything, usually I'm just like, well, I've got b- better things to do. Uh, but this one, I might go in totally blind and just judge it on its own merits from my perspective, and then then find out what the reviews are. Then uh, uh, and uh, uh, talk to people who watch the movie first and yeah, whether yeah. this is better uh, or not. If you do that, I will judge it on its own brushwoods. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I I did watch Justice League in the theaters, uh, and 
I I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said, but it, you know, it wasn't perfect. Uh, I wonder if I, I what I'm wondering is should I watch it again before I watch the Snyder Cut so that I can freshen my mind to see the differences. And since you're going in never having seen it, maybe I'll do that. I'll go what, what, in like extra close to the original. Uh, oh, okay, but part of me wants you to like maybe hold off and then I'll talk about the movie and you'll talk about the movie. And, and, and I hope we'll be just slightly past each other and confused. You're like, yeah, but, but that didn't happen. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm still going to watch the HBO Max one. Right, right. But, 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 but are you going to watch it uh, uh, before we talk about it? Or oh, you're after? suggesting I hold off watching the HBO Max one. And oh, we do, we, like we do, we do a review. We do a spoiler yeah. in time on I'll Justice watch the League. Whedon one again. Yes, you watch the yes. HBO Max. And then the week later, I'll watch the HBO Max one and I can give it. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. That would make me have to wait to watch the HBO. Let's see when it okay, drops. All right, all right. Let's see when it drops. But I like this idea. Uh, Robert Pattinson as the Batman is only 25% shot, but they did show some of that 25% in a sort of behind the scenes slash teaser. Uh, you also got some looks at Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright's uh, James Gordon, Paul Dano's Riddler, uh, a few other things in there. Just a small bit of Colin Farrell who plays the Penguin. Uh, the movie will start in year two of Batman's emergence. So we're not getting an origin story, uh, but he also hasn't been the Batman for very long. Yeah, but uh, whatever happened to his parents? <laughs> if, only, if only someone would explain this to us, we'll never know. Uh, yeah, I think they've they made a good call there of like, you know, we don't have to go through that. I, th I thought Although, it was will a, they a, do the inevitable flashback scene of the pearls dropping? I mean, that, that, that was the, the reference I was making. Uh, the uh, uh, I thought the trailer was quite good and it looks like a completed movie. I mean, if you told me this is coming out Thursday, I'd be all like, I'd, I'd believe you. Um, yeah, they did the work on sound and effects for the, for the pieces they put in here, for sure. It looks good. Uh, and also, uh, I did not think of Pattinson as a credible Batman. Uh, sorry, the Batman. By the way, I love the fact that an entire generation of kids have, have grown up correcting their parents. They're like, it's not the Batman, it's Batman. And then, and then now they're just like, no, it is the Batman. Guess what, kids? <laughs> Uh, yeah, soon it's a Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Another Batman, some Batman. So eventually it's your Batman. <laughs> <laughs> My Batman, your Batman, their Batman. Uh, I, but, uh, but I thought it looked really good. I thought Pattinson looked very credible as the Batman. I he For some reason, him as Bruce Wayne struck me odd. Uh, I don't know why. And and we didn't see like but a quick flash of him as Bruce Wayne. So I don't, I even, I don't even remember it. That's the weird part. May I, I, you, I, well, because he doesn't, he, he just looks like Robert Pattinson. He doesn't yeah. look like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's wild. To me, anyway. Yeah, or, 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 or the context of that moment wasn't very Bruce Wayne-y, I guess. Right, it was just a, such a quick uh, quick scene of him. A couple of Batman side notes. Uh, the Batman series on HBO Max is going to take place in year one. So we just said that the Batman movie will be year two. Uh, the HBO Max series will take place in year one, leading up to the events of the Batman movie. doesn't seem like Pattinson will be in it. It's sort of trying to set the tone for why there is a vigilante, why there would be a need. It would be interesting to see how that works. And Ben Affleck is going to return as Batman, no the, in The Flash movie starring Ezra Miller. I think there was a time this would have made me crazy and gouge out my eyeballs, but but I've I've gotten mellow in my older age and I understand. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before. You know, ultimately, 
Hercules stories were all told around a campfire and everybody kept changing them and everybody kept adding yeah. stuff and there was no continuity or canon or whatever. There was no right story. I think the belief like, no, 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 this is the real version or the fake version or the right version or wrong version is all stuff that matters to you before you have your first uh, 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 sex. And uh, and then after and then and then it takes while to fade and then you begin to realize oh wait every story has been told before a million times and it's only and in the last like ten years that I've gotten used to the idea of like <laughs> let's reboot them every year uh, and in fact and, yeah. and now it's happening we have we have like four different in production Batman's with four different Bat people and uh, don't forget too that this movie will involve Flashpoint. So we already talked about the fact that Michael Keaton is apparently going to appear as Batman as well. Oh, I did. So I, Ben I, Affleck I, I, being in here may less less be let's show him still as Batman, but also like we're going to show lots of Batman, and we need all the Batman we can get. I'm I'm kind of hoping that we see a Clooney and a Kilmer and you know the Adam West, the whole uh, whole ball of wax. I mean, I mean CGI is good enough now that they they can also all be in their prime. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grant Gustin, apparently, the TV version of The Flash, he he is supposed to make an appearance. Ezra Miller made an appearance in the TV version of The Flash when they did Flashpoint. So. This, this is like when all the doctors came together in, exactly, that, in, in the 80s. Exactly, yeah. You don't have to have them all there uh, to make them show up. Uh, new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984 is out. Uh, we've seen trailers for this before. Uh, this is a, a more expanded one, alluding to why Steve Trevor, a.k.a. Chris Pine, is back. Uh, there's a, a, a little bit uh, of of sort of I've created something that can give everyone their wish and then the next scene is Chris Pine so you're like oh maybe that's why uh, we also get to see Kristen Wiig in full cheetah mode we've seen her before as Barbara but now we see her as cheetah uh, I am <laughs> I mean I'm guessing right now but uh, I assume whatever the you know if everybody gets their wish then uh, my guess is it doesn't last forever and so we get to see chris pine die again <laughs> I, yeah well i don't know right because that that would make sense like there there's always those kinds of things never work out the way you plan so are we going to see steve trevor die again and then how do we bring him back for the, for the next movie after <laughs> he's that? a hologram you know it's, yeah, it's in 2184 and... or does he escape the curse in a way that others can't I, oh, I, oh, yeah, very... oh that's right no you were holding the lasso right when the curse was dropped mm, that's that's right, why you're right, still right. here yeah, uh, but it looks good. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and, uh, and there was also oh. uh, more joy, and and um, uh, they're sliding to the silly, uh, and I didn't mind it. I th I thought I would really mind it, but I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Wonder Woman doesn't have to be super dark. It can, it, you know, lassos and invisible planes. It's all good stuff. Uh, Suicide Squad had a panel with 18 members of the cast after a big reveal of who is who. Idris Elba is Bloodsport. Alice Braga, Sol Saria, Nathan Fillion, TDK, Pete Davidson, Blackguard, Michael Rooker, Savant, John Cena, Peacemaker, David Dastalmation, Polka Dot Man. Yeah, poker dot man. Sean Gunn, Weasel, Peter Capaldi, Thinker, Flula Borg, Javelin, Daniel Melchior, Ratcatcher 2, uh, Danielle Melchior, uh, Mailing Ng, Mongol, and King Shark will be played on set, mostly CG, but played on set by Steve Agee. Uh, I, this was not really a, a, a trailer that you watch, but one of those, you know, promo things where everybody says the same things like you've never seen the movie this way before. <laughs> or it's like, when I saw the script, I was like, 
whoa and it's like the genius of director is that he is able to bring together i mean it's it was it's, he's able to direct us to do things that no one is yeah there was a there was a lot little of that i i thought the panel bit was fun they got james gunn to sort of do a quiz about the characters uh and they split up into teams there was very extensive ribbing of michael rooker uh that that a appeared to my eyes to be entirely good natured, uh, where everybody's like, Oh yeah, my Rooker man, you know, he was always the guy on set, you know, doing the things. So, uh, welcome everybody except for Michael Rooker. Ha ha ha. That, I mean, that also, kind of thing. Also, uh, having had him as a guest a few times on, on various iterations of our other show, uh, I would believe literally any story you would tell me about Michael Rooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was kind of fun from that point of view, for sure. Uh, and then, um, Shot, uh, James Gunn said at the beginning, he's like, I, uh, this is the best movie I've ever worked on, which I was like, oh, okay. A little, throw a little shade at Disney there uh, about getting fired from Guardians, even though he's back for Guardians 3. Then towards the end of the panel, he said, this is the best cast I've ever worked with. And I thought, well, now this is a gigantic cast, right? Guardians cast is not as big as this cast, but your Guardians folks stuck up for you, James Gunn, and you just threw them all under the bus a little bit there. Yeah, I uh, look. You, the lights are on. You're you're doing a panel. You say some things. You know, maybe I. Uh, uh, my guess is, uh, it might even have been the kind of situation where he made a few calls and said, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm gonna say this. I, I'm gonna and... say this kind of thing. Uh, I hope you don't take it incorrectly. It's not directed at you. Yeah. Trust me. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be. They might have told him to say it. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but but the, all of that aside, uh, this looks fun. Uh, I even though we haven't seen any of it, it looks like this cast had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, looks like James Gunn is super psyched about it, so I'm I'm can't wait to see it. Uh, and finally, we got our first look at Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam. Kind of a concept video, a lot of concept art. Uh, not any trailers because they haven't shot anything yet. Uh, but showing him as, in a Black Adam costume. Uh, they confirmed that Hawkman, Doctor Fate, Cyclone, and Adam Smasher uh, will be in Black Adam as sort of a, uh, a a justice association situation going on there. Man, uh, this is where I really bump up against my limitations of DC. You know, I, I grew up speaking Marvel as my native tongue. So mm, the mm -hmm. DC, DC, I only took a, a, a high school DC one and uh, barely passed. <laughs> well, you're looking forward to expanding your horizons. Yeah. With Black Adam, it looks really good. Uh, folks, there is only one way to support this show right now, and that's you giving us a dollar. Uh, more. Uh, yeah, I was I, actually there's infinite ways because there's That's infinite there's numbers infinite that numbers. are above one dollar. So there's an infinite number of ways, but the <laughs> easiest way to access any of them is to go to patreon.com slash cord killers, where of course you can keep us loud, live, and independent. Uh, we have remained an independent program. We were one of the very, very first podcasts to be on Patreon. Uh, in fact, they regarded themselves as a YouTube music support platform until we came along for the most part. It was after us that Frog Pants happened. It was after us that uh, that that we took other shows, including Daily I mean, Cord Killers paved the way for me putting DTNS on Patreon. Same, for sure. same, same with Night Attack, man. Um, and uh, there have been people who have been for years and years and years supporting us. It's easy and it makes such a difference. You get you, you get perks, you get behind the scenes stuff, you get the after talk segment. Thank you to every single person who's been supporting us for so long. Let's talk about how to watch. 
now for seemingly ever, uh, we've been trying to figure out how to recapture that one bit of even broadcast television, not just cable, where you just turn on the TV and see what's on. Uh, how can you do that with Netflix when you've got all this choice paralysis facing you, the first screen? Well, Netflix's latest attempt to address this is to test a shuffle button on the service. They've been doing that since July. The exact appearance of the feature has not been finalized. Some users see a shuffle play button on the profile selection screen right below your profile icon. So even before you get to the screen with all your stuff, there's just a big shuffle button saying, don't even show me anything, just pick something for me. Uh, others see a play something option in the sidebar menu once you have selected your profile and you're into the main app. When shuffling, Netflix will give you a, a kind of brief explanation about why it's picked what it's playing you based on your viewing history. The test of the feature is currently only running on Netflix apps connected to TV devices. So, you know, your Roku apps, your your smart TV apps, et cetera. I wonder if my infatuation with the shuffle button, uh, and I think we've had this exact conversation before, comes from being raised in the, the early 80s cable era where you would turn to one of the good channels in HBO or whatever, and you would know you're watching a good movie, but you would spend, like, you didn't know where you were in the movie, but you would you had seen an, enough trailers or whatever that maybe about five minutes in you're like, oh this is that Michael Crichton thing with the the yeah, robot yeah yeah all right I'll watch this yeah, yeah yeah and then you stick around um whatever it was I I in fact I think the way I will use this button is by pressing it and refusing to look at the what it is or why <laughs> to replicate it just <laughs> let it start <laughs> and then and then you know give it five minutes and see if it takes me or not. Yeah, I'm I'm I I've always wanted a Netflix linear channel to be available where it's just playing stuff, right? Where you could just jump in in the middle of something. Uh I know Netflix probably looks at that and goes, "Yeah, you say you want that, but, you know, people really don't want that." Uh this shuffle button though, it feels like, "Oh, yeah, when I don't know what to watch, I'll just pick it." But will I or will I go, well, I really only have a half hour. I don't want it to pick anything that's more than a half hour. I'm, I don't want to stop halfway through. Or will I say, like, I press the shuffle button and it picks the next episode of Sabrina. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not really ready to continue the Sabrina series. What I really want to watch is, I don't know, maybe it'll work in forcing me to actually confront what I really want to watch. Who knows? Weirdly, I think we kind of already have it. Uh, we all say out loud that we hate the fact that you turn on Netflix and it immediately starts shouting tra a trailer at you. Um, definitely ended up watching the first episode of High Score last night. Uh, uh -huh. and I turned it on, and at first thing, it's like, video games. They were developed and that like was this. The, that was the first attempt of Netflix to solve this problem, was to push those trailers at you, yeah. And, and, and uh, most time, I'm like, get out of here, shut up. But, but it, it, last night, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know what I had intended to do on Netflix, but I turned it on, and I changed my mind, because I'm like... Oh, a documentary about the history of video games that's super highly visual, that has awesome interviews with all the characters' boots on the ground in the golden age of, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a couple minutes. And then, you know, half hour later, I'm, I'm just like, well, I'm going to watch the rest of these for sure. Yeah, that's actually how I ended up doing the Voyager rewatch. I, it just showed a Voyager trailer for me because it knew I had been, you know, watching a bunch of Star Trek. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I would like to, to watch that. So yeah, maybe Netflix already knows, but I mean, they know that works to a certain extent, yet they're still trying something. So that is interesting. Let us know. Uh, do you want the shuffle button? Do you hate the shuffle button? Cordkillers at gmail.com. Let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Like 
Lily Singh, host of A Little Late with Lily Singh on NBC, is getting a two-part primetime sketch special. Uh, sketches are what Lily Singh did on YouTube before, and, and still does, uh, before she got her late night show on NBC. So weirdly, a YouTube star who was given the same slot once occupied by Pat Sajak uh, for a late night talk show is now getting the same slot often given to Saturday Night Live clip shows, but to do her YouTube stuff. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, in a related story, uh, somebody played college baseball, then played minor league baseball, and then played major league baseball. But that, I think the fact, like in baseball, that happens all the time, right? In yeah. TV, we don't see that route, right? That's that's the route you think would work. Yeah, you're right. But but usually what you see is like, man, I'm making way more on YouTube than I would ever make working for a network, well, and, you know, and, and, and broadcast television, that audience is old and declining. That was a complaint. I remember, uh, uh, you know, when, when, uh, revision three was discovery digital, you had uh, talent like, uh, Anthony Carboni and, 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 and me on scam school. And we would talk about how it, the most obvious thing in the world is to treat this like the minor leagues and then, you know, get us on, you know, discovery, uh, you know, big time channels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but, but they just, uh, at the time it, they just couldn't perceive that, that, that anyone talented could be in the digital space. And, uh, and yeah, there were like competing prejudices. People in digital were like, your audience isn't valuable to me. I'm, I'm going to make more on digital uh, often. Uh, and people in broadcasting cable were like, well, you, you guys are doing amateur hour over there. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the, not and, what we do. Yeah. Well, and they're like, uh, the perception was, it's like, oh, but, uh, but we need star power. We need real stars because we're TV. And it's like, no, 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 yeah. no. That's, you, you make stars and then bring, uh, whatever. And Lily Singh has star power, even though multiple people in our chat room are like, never heard of her. We've mentioned her on this show before, and she has a huge audience. But that's also the thing is like, you can have star power and be huge with your audience and have other people who are like, never even heard of that, right? Like there's so much more niche elements to to fandom. Well, and, and, and also, you know, in a world of limited time, even even after we've talked about her, it's like, I, I haven't done the homework to acquaint myself with her with her stuff. Well, she had a, uh, a documentary uh, that was one of the original YouTube originals uh, that, that was really good and kind of, sh you know, showed her rise to fame and everything. And then she got this late night deal, uh, but it's so late night. I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like if this was the 80s, Lily Singh would be the up and coming star, right? She got the late night slot. Now she's getting a primetime slot to try her out. What's next? Right now it's like, well, this is interesting. They're putting a YouTuber in primetime. <laughs> Uh, can, can I can I float a weird dumb metaphor uh, and stop me if I've ever done that before? But I feel like we live in an age of hydroponics where uh, we're mm. able to have a lot more stars. But uh, like it, it used to be that to farm you had to be very wasteful in the broadcast days, and you had to you had to throw water everywhere. And then in the cable days, you were able to break everything out. You're able to get a greater yield um because you were you you were uh you know trickle uh, uh watering everything so you but, and now we're in the hydroponic age where uh somebody can be the biggest bushiest uh, greenest of of all things uh and and yet somebody over in pod c has never heard of it and it doesn't matter yeah. because because uh it's it's uh it's 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 more efficient you need Wait. just enough water. You yeah, don't need, exactly. Yeah, you're not wasting any. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good bet for. I like that. We are hydroponic famous. Yeah, we're going to get you wicked high. Uh, 
Oh, I was just thinking of tomatoes. What oh, no. Netflix has ordered a second season of Warrior Nun, and now it can be revealed that friend of the show Meryl Barr is a writer's PA on season two of Warrior Nun. Uh, so now we have to be extra critical of Warrior Nun to show we don't have bias because we like Meryl. Well, and uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, says the journalist, the magician says, <laughs> I love the show even more now. My friend works on it. <laughs> Nothing is ever wrong on season two. Uh, yeah, no, to be honest, uh, we, we, we may have had an inkling of, of that uh, before this, this became public, uh, but uh, I... I really enjoyed watching uh, season one. I'm looking forward to season two now with a little extra Meryl magic. <laughs> Beatmaster80 says, I'm assuming there'll be much more swearing in season two then. <laughs> possibly, possibly, you know, the PA's job might be to just, can you put in more swear words? Hey, hey, punch up this script. It's like I added 12 F words. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so go check it out when it comes out. We don't have a, a date on it yet, uh, but not everything getting renewals uh, or, or or season orders uh, at Netflix. So so good for Warrior None for that. Uh, speaking of, Apple TV Plus ordered a 10-episode second season of Ted Lasso starring Jason Sudeikis. Uh, season one just premiered. And I, I watched the first episode of this over the weekend and pleasantly, I surprised. We, I, I expected it to be good, but it was better than I expected. Uh, remind me of the conceit on this. This one went over. Right. This this spun out of promos that NBC Sports had done where they they were they were promoting their soccer and they had Sudeikis play a college football coach who hilariously had been put in charge of a soccer team in England uh, as a way to show like, hey, we can bridge the gap. And Apple TV Plus has turned that premise into an entire series. Uh, so, so this is now the fish out of water, you know, coach from Kansas. He won a division two national championship, but instead of moving up to division one, took a job this does uh, good. with <laughs> this historic, uh, football uh, fictional, but historic football franchise, uh, over in England. And what I liked about it is I expected it to be making fun of the guy who doesn't know anything about soccer, but they did it in a way that showed like, oh, he's smart. He won a national championship. He's a good coach. He's he's just not used to England, right? He they they instead of making him dumb, they made him dumb about England. It's it's so more he's it's more like, like a Thor fish out of water kind of setup, where it's exactly. just like he's a god of thunder. Just uh, how yeah. how do how do fish and chips work? Exactly. And he, you know, they give him some tea and he, you know, there's a line that's in the trailer where he's like, man, I thought tea would just be a uh, hot brown water. Uh, turns out it is. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, check out that. Uh, it's airing season one right now and it's going to get a season two. And we have a date for The Crown season four, uh, which will be the first season to have the Princess Diana character. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, the Princess Diana historical character, uh, played by Emma Corrin. Uh, you may have heard casting news uh, for Elizabeth Debicki, but uh, Emma Corrin is playing the younger version. They do that in The Crown. They have different people play the characters in different eras. Uh, so that will premiere on Netflix November 15th. Man, I want to see The Crown keep on going, get to modern, current times, and then keep going beyond it. And, and then it, it's then it's like some kind of, then it's like you know future the crown twenty yes. twenty ninety season eight the crown question mark <laughs> and it's like there, there's an uprising people hate monarchies now it's just goes dun, dun, assemble the armies it's so Wonder this Woman. is season four season five was supposed to be the last one taking us up right into the two thousands they gave us a season six but not because they're going to go farther because 
they said they needed more season to tell all of the things that happened up until 2000 in the early 2000s. But I like this idea. I think Netflix should reconsider again and just be like, you know what? Fine. You can fast forward through through the the, you know, to to the modern times, but give us that alternate future. Yeah, crowned. where it's like, you know, you know, show us the behind the scenes during 9-11 and uh, 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 yeah. Oh, no, I want to see like the crown 2040. Yeah. Maybe just do a time jump. That's what, <laughs> oh, oh, OK. So so a big leap. I would say, oh, OK, uh, I was thinking of doing like a current uh, like uh, uh, what an election for the crown? Well, I never. <laughs> and then now we're following that story. The world's first elected monarch. Yes, the queen has turned 140 uh, thanks to life extension technology. Will she ever step down? Cyborged up. (laughs) Robo queen. (laughs) Thank you for your subjection. (laughs) And Prince Charles, the most patient heir ever, uh, finally uh, declares war on her. And there's a a war of the roses. He's he's busy doing the Great British Baking Show or whatever. (laughs) All right, uh, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Brian, what you been watching? Uh, watched more movies than I uh, th- thought. Um, caught a little bit of time with the kids. Uh, realized they had never seen Jurassic Park, so we finally watched that. Um, uh, holds up in a big way. That was fun. Uh, I did. We, I mentioned the documentary High Score. Um, uh, continue to love all the shows that we're watching. I, I rewatched Starship Troopers. And I'm so bummed because the biting satire that I remember, it, it looked a little sillier. Like it's it not as hard as you remembered. It's, it's it. not aging as well uh, as as I had hoped. Like I was gonna show it to the kids, but then I was like, eh. Uh, but uh, but I'll tell you what did hold up in a crazy good way. Uh, and maybe it was because I watched it. And my 12 year old insisted this was the movie that she wanted to watch, and I explained the plot. But that does not prepare you for the visceral experience of David Cronenberg's *The Fly*. Uh, oh, like it's all practical—it's all practical special effects, and it is some horrific body horror. <laughs> and and this uh, is the one with Jeff Goldblum and da- Gina Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where so where, where fingers na- fingers fall off and the face gets ripped apart. I mean, it was it was amazing. Ah, that's so good. That's so so cool. I might have to go rewatch. It's, it's, I, it's, it's I, only ninety minutes long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It gets right to the point. You have about twenty five minutes, and and they do it. They, I realized, like they they do a good job of. There's a throwaway phrase where he says, uh, he says, oh no no no. I mean, I I I hardly know how half this stuff works. I just outsource everything. I have this guy make this part, this, none of them know what I'm doing with it. And so that's why he's able to ask questions of the computer and has the telepods and all that stuff. Uh, it's yeah, it was, it was great. I, the, this, the fly came out in a special time in my life when I uh, didn't follow any movie news, I would see movies because a group of my friends would say, uh, Hey, you, you want to go to the movies? I'd be like, great. What are we seeing? And that's how I saw the fly. I, I didn't even know we were seeing the fly till we got to the theater. I was like, oh, the fly. Oh, I like Jeff Goldblum. He was in 10 speed and brown shoe. Cool. Oh, you, and didn't, I remember, you didn't even know what, what the plot was going to be. I mean, I knew the fly, the original movie, Yeah. but I was like, I don't know what they're changing or what they're doing. I didn't know anything about Cronenberg, any of that stuff. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, I thought that was really good, but am I supposed to? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
so yeah, I, I have a, I have special feelings for the fly. I might go uh, rewatch that. Uh, I want to throw out a uh, a second recommendation to to two shows that I've mentioned already on Eyes On uh, Dark. We uh, finished up season two. And I, I just, I have to say, I'm really enjoying it. Dark is on Netflix. It's a time travel story and it follows my favorite rules of time travel or does it? It keeps you guessing about that at every moment. Uh, and it, and it's so much fun. It's so intricate uh, and so fun to watch. Uh, we're we're going to start season three now. Uh, I'll report back once we've finished the whole series. And then Train, uh, the Korean show I mentioned about alternate universes, uh, ended up to be less about the how the alternate universes work and more just about the effects of crossing over and can you escape fate, uh, even if you know some things have changed, what things are inevitable, uh, that sort of stuff. And it ended up being a great watch. Uh, so Train is on Vicky, uh, if you want to watch that as well. The thing I, I also want to mention is my wife, uh, I'll be able to say why uh, soon enough, but my wife has to watch a lot of movies that are divisive right now for work. Uh, and we watched Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler movie. That movie is not a fun, relaxing movie. Uh, it's really good, but you have to be in the mindset to watch a very uncomfortable movie. Uh, and I like the way it ended, but man, uh, uncut gems is, is Adam Sandler as a diamond dealer. Who's constantly on the edge of bankruptcy and criminality. Uh, Peter garden or, or, um, Kevin Garnett, uh, the, uh, the basketball player is a main character, uh, because there's this opal stone that he thinks gives him good luck. There's some hilarity to it, but it's not really a funny movie. It's it's, it's very serious. And Bryce, I remember you watched this, right? I, I did. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched this oh, you, but you again. Both did. Okay. Yeah, I actually watched this again a month or so ago because it's on Netflix now. That it's great, but you're right, Tom. Like, just it, the tension is so high, and it just stays at a hundred percent for the whole movie, and that's. A lot for a lot. I, a lot of people that I know who watch it, they go, I can't watch this right now. It's too intense. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, I walked away like intrigued because it seems to break all the rules of storytelling. Like there's no act one, two or three. It's just it's just full blast white noise of and uh, and I still loved it because it because of the world was being so believable at every moment and the characters being so believable and the, the chatter and all those things. Yeah, it's, it is, it is full blast. You're, you're absolutely right. And it, it, it does not uh, let up. So uh, yeah, check that out. Uncut gems. We watched it on Amazon. So maybe it's in multiple mm. places. Uh, so check that out. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got an email from Nikki. Nikki writes uh, about a show that we featured as a cold open for the show a few weeks ago. Uh, Nikki says, "Bounty T or excuse me, Teenage Bounty Hunter is so good. I want to say it's the next version of Buffy with criminals instead of monsters. It's a bit more lighthearted. It has depth uh, that goes into personal identity and relationships with parents and non-parents and religion in a way that doesn't overshadow, uh, but does influence the characters. I found it awesome and I can't wait for season two. Uh, Nikki also addresses to Brian, I'll be honest, there's an uncomfortable level of teenage sex, but it is handled in such a way that I want to say it's a good conversation starter to have. You may have issues with your daughters watching it with you. It is audibly graphic, but not visibly, visually graphic. As from a Cord Killers fan, Nikki in Omaha. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, this, um, I, I, I would like to give this a try. Uh, this is uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters, a original series on Netflix. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email cordkillers at gmail.com. 
All right. I lied earlier. I said there was only one way to support the show and it really is the only way to directly support the show. But you could also help us get out of trouble like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. We're we're in, we're uh, we're in hawk. We're Brian. at look, we, we might be in someone's debt. Uh, look, we, we really wanted to do cord killers. We really wanted to build this seven acres wood studios. We really wanted to make it happen. And, you know, when somebody knocks on the doors and says, how would you like five figures of equipment so that you could do all the editing live casting uh everything how would you like everything powered all you have to do is get your fans to buy our computers i'm like oh man that sounds easy enough i could do that no problem and then they crack their knuckles and they say good we're doghouse systems <laughs> and so they they provided all the equipment that powers everything that happens here and all we ask is that you help us out by making sure to you're going to buy a computer at some point go to doghousesystems.com slash v slash rogue you make sure to spell it right r-o-g-u-e use promo code rogue at checkout you'll get a, a free uh, 500 gigabyte ssd and most importantly you'll help us work off our, uh, work off our debt yeah, yeah, and they're not cracking the knuckles because they they are threatening us. They have arthritis, so you need to help them too. <laughs> that's Again, right. That's, that's right. Doghousesystems.com/slash/v/slash/rogue. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. The top row of Android TV's interface after the latest update now includes a row called Highlights, which has staff picks but also sponsored content. And those of you who have severe allergies to advertising can sniff it out. You're like, that's not a staff pick. That's a sponsored pick. Uh, it's rather large, kind of gigantic even compared to the other rows. But you can temporarily turn it off by rolling back the update. Now, eventually, they'll force you to have the update uh, and you won't be able to get around it. Uh, but I don't know. It's one of those things that's causing a lot of consternation amongst Android TV users. And and I think it's it's kind of annoying, but mostly because it's changed. This, Roku does this. Amazon does this. It seems like the the norm these days. Is is there any version? I guess it might. Is there any version of, of movie theater payola? Um, I, I know there was a million years ago. We've talked about this, but 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 is is I mean, I, your movie theater makes suggestions, has staff picks of what movies they would like you to see. So this doesn't feel too weird to me. Yeah, I it, it, and it's not it's not like it's not transparent. They're not trying to pretend that the sponsored picks are staff picks or anything like that, which is usually what you get into with payola was the DJ was pretending to play his own music when he was really getting paid for it. And that's what drove people crazy. Uh, this just as people are like, I don't want anything paid ever on my interface. So I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I think this is one of the, the less intrusive forms of advertising, but in this, in this age where people are extra sensitive to their data get collected, I think that's part of it too. Yep. Uh, the Alamo Drafthouse has reopened its locations in some of its uh, places like uh, Austin. The uh, Drafthouse is hosting free screenings, free screenings of Bill and Ted face the music and selling tickets for the New Mutants and Tenet opening September 3rd. Uh, that's going to be a party. A free screening of Bill and Ted face the music? That's going to be a blast. So, so yeah, the, the gamble here, I think, is that, okay, uh, if we don't get people into the theater because they're afraid to come to the theater, even if it's legal to come to the theater, uh, we won't sell any concessions. And Alamo Drafthouse has very nice, pricey concessions. Uh, so starting August 26th, uh, you know, Bill and Ted face the music 
being available to watch for free is going to get a few people over that hump to be like, well, I don't even have to pay for it. All right, I'll, I'll try it out because I really want to see this. And it's an interesting, like, you can watch this at home, but wouldn't you rather watch it in the Alamo it's, Draft? That's exactly it. It's the type of movie that you would want very much to watch in a crowded theater because, and especially making it free. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a party. Yeah. Uh, everywhere except New York and Los Angeles, <laughs> New York and California. Uh, their theaters are not open yet, but everywhere else you can probably do it. Uh, Netflix canceled its order for a second season of a young adult drama called The Society and also decided not to order a second season of I Am Not Okay With This, which had prepped for a second season before the order. That, that's the thing Netflix does is they'll pay the writers to kind of get everything ready, even before they give the official order. Uh, in this case, they did that, but they didn't give the official order. Budget increases from COVID-19 precautions and scheduling with such a large cast reportedly figured into both decisions. I think we're going to see this a little more often, uh, Brian. I, I don't know if it'll be widespread, but we'll see a few more shows not make the cut, not because of lack of interest, but because they just can't do as many productions logistically right now as they could have before. Well, and Netflix has earned a reputation for saving shows that were good, but for whatever reason didn't get renewed, they've never been the subject of that up until now. And I think we're going to start to see that more and more. We're going to have passionate people that are, they're going to scoop it up maybe to other networks, or maybe it takes a few year break and then that'll comes be back. interesting is if, if other networks look at this and go, I don't know, I, I think we could budget for this. Or if it's, we're just going to see some stuff hit the cutting room floor because everybody is facing these increased difficulties. Yep. Uh, Disney previously announced that it would let Disney plus subscri subscribers get premier access to Milan on September four for $30, but did not say which what platforms beyond its own website you could use to pay them. Disney has added Apple, Roku, and Google as payment partners. That means you'll have to buy it on one of those platforms in the Disney Plus app, even if you want to watch it on another platform like Amazon's Fire TV. So I yeah, guess I think this is confusing some folks because it's not limiting where you can watch it. It's just limiting who you can use to pay for it. Yeah, the, uh, th think back to uh, Amazon being petulant with the uh, the uh, App Store or, or or Audible, right? Where it's like you you couldn't buy anything in the Audible app because they didn't want to give thirty dollars thirty percent of it to Apple. So you had to go to a website, buy it in the Audible website, then go enjoy it in the app. It's it's that it's that game being played. Yeah. Uh, and, and in this case, Disney is like, we will give 30% to Apple. We'll give a percentage to Roku and Google, but we haven't worked out what percentage we're willing to give to Amazon. So it's a, it's a convenience thing. Uh, it's not as bad as HBO Max and Peacock not being on Roku uh, and Amazon. Right. Netflix will put on a haunted house in Los Angeles to promote Stranger Things this year, but times being what they are, it will be drive-through. I mean, also it's Los Angeles. Uh, the Stranger Things drive-into experience will be a one-hour drive uh, through what's probably like a parking garage based on season three. So it's going to have a Stargate mall level, a Russian lab level, an upside down level. And uh, you can't just drive up and wait. You got to pay for tickets ahead of time on the web. $59 per car going on sale August 26th. Uh, I'm going to guess two things. Number one, uh, the event will not begin until your car is off in each level <laughs> because they do not want anybody with an engine rolling getting terrified. <laughs> my guess is, <laughs> my guess is, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, second of all, this reminds me of uh, old time safari tours. This is, this is, this could be spark the new generation of, of safaris. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Do not roll down your windows. Do not get out of the car. Do not feed the actors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. For you. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is definitely one of those things that might not have happened without uh, the pandemic. Uh, but if it succeeds, I, I can see them doing more of these kinds of things for sure. And a good way to, to keep those kinds of crazy, like they did the scoops ice cream thing where they turned Baskin Robbins into scoops. That's not something they would do right now because of the amount of crowds it would attract. Uh, so, so looking for those kinds of things to, to drum up some attention and $59 per pop. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know I mean, for, for an hour long experience and you get but... to bring your whole family, you know, pile yeah. in, pile in, you know, five people in, in the minivan and pay cheaper I mean, that's, than uh, yeah. universal studios or Disneyland and, or and just as novel they get to. Do, and plus like, um, uh, in the world of magic, uh, there was sort of a divide about whether or not TV magic was good or bad. Uh, it got really good partly because you could do things that would never work in real life because you essentially had a spectator whose feet were stapled to the floor and who only had one eye and could only look where you pointed them. <laughs> it's so, like a magician's dream, isn't it? Well, exactly, right? And so yeah. likewise, if, if, if you're doing a haunted house, this is a haunted house dream because the problem with haunted houses is it becomes a conga line and you have to figure out you know, who you're going to jump scare and when and oh, wait, I can't jump out because that guy saw me earlier mm -hmm. and he he's going to be waiting for it. So I'll just growl at him. I mean, it's like uh, this characters really do take all of this seriously. But if it's like a car comes in, you do a five minute performance for that car and then it leaves and then another car comes in and you do the five minute performance. Uh, it could be number one, truly terrifying uh, and uh, just uh, an incredible experience. I, I, I think Ooh. there's a lot to do here. This is probably too complicated, but what if they did it like a car wash where you, you get up and you, you know, you drive into the level and then you're on and rails. That's through, not through the level. That's not bad. Uh, oh, what if, what if, what if on top of that, you tuned your radio to a certain uh, thing and so you got the soundtrack or whatever. A little static and or then a transmission comes through and yeah, right, or, yeah. Like or at the very least theater. you can get in, you, you, you get on the track, maybe, uh, you roll your windows down and, uh, <laughs> And then, and then it's like uh, ambient audio and it just kind of takes you through the whole experience. Yeah. The people who designed this, if they were listening, are like, yeah, sounds like day one of our meeting. Where we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, no, I, now now I want to make some calls to my, my friends over at Halloween Horror Nights and find yeah, out what they yeah. think. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to some dispatches from the front. All right. Uh, we had our, our discussion about can something still be good if the creator of the original content is not on board or even in opposition? And we, we threw out some examples on, on both sides of this, uh, but we got some really good other examples. Alex uh, wrote in to say, what about Jurassic Park? You mentioned that earlier. Uh, Jurassic Park, the movie did not involve Michael Crichton. Well, actually, I think it did involve Michael Crichton. A uh, little what, bit, what, but or but then Westworld was was all Michael Crichton. That was an adaptation that he had his fingerprints all over um, on the uh, on the movie, but not on the series. Correct. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, yeah. Jack Ryan, and and there are people who would argue, uh, um, possibly to their credit, that that the series is much much better than the movie. Uh, uh, Jack Ryan, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy had varying levels. Eh, you get mixed mixed results of whether people think that's a good. Right. Good adaptation or not. Uh, and Douglas Adams Streets. was definitely involved in the TV show version of Hitchhiker's Guide. Well, and, and I think we mentioned in our discussion last week uh, that uh, Frank Herbert was involved with Dune and Dune right. turned out to be awful. 
So there's uh, levels of involvement too. I think Crichton's involvement with Jurassic Park was just sort of, you know, consulting. signing off saying, yeah, you can use my, my rights. I'm not sure how involved he was. Maybe somebody knows that can email us. Uh, and then Gregory uh, wrote the Hobbit Lord of the Rings are without a doubt better as live action than earlier animation. So that worked out well, but I really liked bleach in the original animation and Netflix's live action is almost unwatchable. The same is true of Full Metal Alchemist. Animation is better by far. My personal belief is Netflix is blatantly incapable of doing a good job of readaptations, given its history. <laughs> well, and this is more to speaking to whether or not animated things can ever be better as live action. And I think Lord of the Rings is a definite slam dunk. Yeah. Or The yeah. Hobbit. Uh, uh, I, you know, Netflix is not a person who is blatantly incapable. So maybe they haven't had good teams up till now, in your opinion, but they might still get some good teams. They're just put that out there but yeah these are these are good examples uh yeah and then uh, uh dustin chimed in uh about uh, uh cuomo they're they're indefinitely closing movie theaters in new york uh cuomo said it's quote not worth it and uh dustin says he totally agrees however as one who used to work at the alamo draft house and has many friends that still do uh, uh dustin wishes he had said it with a little more sympathy sympathy towards the workforce of the theaters um he wanted to know our thoughts on theaters being non-essential in relation to the stopping spread of COVID. Um, I, I go back to something we've said before. Uh, I consider COVID local weather. If there is a hurricane in the area, you should shut down all of your movie theaters. If it is sunshiny and, and only partly cloudy, you should allow your movie theaters to be open. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then to stretch that metaphor a little bit, I don't think to the breaking point, uh, sometimes the hurricane is expected and you prepare and then luckily it doesn't come, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have prepared. Right. Yep. Fair enough. But, 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 but Cuomo does have a, that very brusque dismissive New York style that when you hear those words in, in your, you know, a sunshiny Austinite, you're like, that's not the way to get me to wear a mask. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> he's a New Yorker. He talks direct. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Todd wrote, hi, Tom, what is the green crocheted Cyclops to your left? Is that Mike from Monsters, Inc.? I'll, I'll bet it's either uh, Kodos. It's Kodos. No, it's a uh, brain slug from Futurama. Oh, okay. I was wrong. That you can wear on your head somehow, maybe. <laughs> With the little Not sure exactly how. Uh, yeah, I got this from a fan at DragonCon one year. It is one of my most prized possessions. That's awesome. Thank you. For noticing, but yes, now it looks a little Mike-ish. I, I get that. Uh, thank you, Todd. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Gregory. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everybody who writes us cordkillers at gmail.com. Brian, we did it. A morning edition. Oh, wait, da, da, da. Now NPR is going to soon me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stick around. We're going to do spoiler in time, and then uh, we'll try to get a little bit of after talk. But I know that we both have our regular podcast day. Uh, just uh, we're in the upside down. Everything's flipped up over. It is. It's crazy. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us loud live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons 
You know what? I love them more than not life itself because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 